welcome to another Keel Hall Podcast. I'm your host, Captain Logan, and we've got a lot of Sea of Thieves news to cover today, so tie yourselves to the mast and hold fast. Ahoy there, pirates. I hope you had yourselves a good week and a good weekend. I know I did. This week, we brought on the community to talk about Season 2, where they're at, what they're feeling about the current state of the game, and some of the things that they are hoping that Rare can actually fix in the future. Some of their biggest concerns as we dive into some little bit of lore, a little bit of discussion, some speculation, and some ideas about how we can address some of the events that are in the game, and, of course, Fort of Fortune. All that and more in this week's episode of Keel Hauled Podcast. Of course, this episode is brought to you by the Keel Hauled patrons over at Keel Hauled Podcast. Uh, if you head over to, what is it, Patreon? dot com forward slash keelhauled podcast you too can become one of the keelhauled members uh the gold hoarders and the uh captains and sailors i have different tiers that bring on people for the the community for these episodes uh so this week i want to thank chateau neuf cosmic johnson el jefe esteban lumpy srq dub dub goose evil morpheus regis stella rust bell kid tn professor todd meister big bad pad mina fairy cj super pack davram tv fergatron frank f peterson and Captain Chaos, Kazia the Rogue, Mike, Xbox, or excuse me, Xbox Mike 29, Tech, Deku, Windsor, Chris, and Zam. Wow. Thank you all for your support. I love you all so much in everything that you do for the podcast. It means the world to me. And I can't wait to get some more of you on the uh, community episodes. But for now, let's get into it. <laughs> topics that I wanted to touch on this week to get you guys' thoughts on. But really this week, this was uh, one of those situations where I was thinking about what I wanted to hear from you guys from. And honestly, I, I feel like I want to get your guys' feedback on the game in general, just in the state that it's in, how you like it, if you're unhappy with things, uh, things that can kind of be brought to the attention of the devs um, and hopefully, hopefully resonate with some of the other community members that feel frustrated on things. I know Things like hit registration, those will probably never get fixed. Uh, that's a that's a hard thing to fix in this game. So that aside, uh, and general toxicity from players that you know that that just comes down to when you come across them reporting them and whatnot. Um, I, I'm curious to hear if anyone has anything that that kind of gets off that. But before I get into that, I feel like I have to ask the the obvious question. How is everyone doing in your renown? Are you are you done with it? Have you finished it? Like where where's everyone at with uh, season two? So let's let me just kind of knock down the list and start off with Dub Dub Goose. Dub Dub, welcome. How are you doing? Good yourself. Good, thank you. Good. How's your renown going? Uh, one hundred. Nice. Yeah, Already. it went really fast. Um, and I mean, I do play a lot, mm -hmm. but. I mean, I also, you know, have a full-time job and I do adult things and all that stuff. So it wasn't, I don't feel like I had to play nonstop to get to 100. It went really fast. Gotcha. So def it definitely wasn't the, the sweat fest that you, that you were kind of expecting it to be, or were you hoping I, that it, it would be? No, I, I, I think I'm all, I'm all about just being able to play the game and, and get rewards. You know, I, I, I like achievements i like you know i'm a big destiny player i think just like yourself uh mm -hmm. i i love triumphs achievements commendations i'm a nerd for all that stuff i will play this game until they're all done and then i'll probably keep playing it just because i like <laughs> it but um i think it's a good 
you know, yin yang to, you know, commendations. Some of those commendations are there for hardcore players. The season pass is there for people that just want to get on a play. And I think that's yeah. what game companies need to do. You need to cater to both. And I think that's a challenge. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Especially with a game that's designed around just kind of emergent threats and, and yeah. uh, you know, it, it feels like this game is kind of a roguelike with each session. Every session resets, so you don't really have that that persistent kind of ship that you can rely on to really kind of just over time stock up and build up your, your power level to kind of get that that sense of like, okay, I can go tackle these really hard things. It's like you kind of have to do it all in one session if you want to or break it up across multiple sessions just get on your boat sail around and progress the season pass yep yeah and i appreciate that awesome um let's move on to el jefe esteban welcome jefe how you doing uh doing well doing well good to hear how's your two i think i am last night i either i was i know i was at 89 i don't know if i hit 90 or i'm just barely at 90 um but close to being done and what I found interesting, so like season one, um, I went in with it with like, I was going to go in, look for the trials, kind of knock out as many of those that I can and just, you know, see how, you know, how things progress. And at that point in time, I was I, that week, I sailed a lot and then I hit a level 100 within a week. This go round, I haven't even looked at trials. I didn't want, I, yeah, I don't know what's in there. I don't care what's in there. I'm not going to, I'm not going after them. If, if I, if I do them on accident, fine, whatever. Um, but I wanted to just kind of, I think, do what you did last season, which is kind of just just play and just kind of see how things go. And um, my overall sailing time has been less over the past few weeks, just with life and work and just different things. I haven't, you know, haven't been able to get on in the middle of the afternoon with Patty and crew to get in those extra hours. Uh, and like I said I'm, I'm sitting at ninety, so it's it's moved it's moved pretty quick. Um, uh, granted, I would still say that I definitely probably play more than the casual player, maybe. Um, but uh, but overall, I've been I've been impressed with it, been pleased. That's good. So you definitely, from last year to this year, you, or from this season to last season, you definitely feel uh, like it's a little more comfortable in uh, with going with a more natural flow of gameplay. Yeah, I would definitely say that anybody who has any hesitations or fears that you know just with casual play that you won't be able to do it, I think is 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 misguided um, because absolutely you should be able to hit level one hundred no problem with just a few hours a week over the course of the three months because we're what now just two weeks two weeks in three weeks in something like that yeah and halfway through the uh, second week I think yeah so I mean we're we're this far and again like I said I, there has been multiple days that I have not been able to sail. Um, so my sailing time has been cut down by probably, I would say probably a good 25% um, over the last couple of weeks. And I'm still, you know, this far into it. So it's totally doable, totally manageable. And uh, um, I think anybody, anybody, anybody should be able to do it. As long as they can you know, put in a few hours. Awesome. Yeah, I definitely agree with you on that. Uh, Registella, welcome. How are you doing? Yeah, doing good. Again, it's waking up at ridiculous hours to do this, but uh, I'll do anything for this queue. I'll do anything for this podcast. <laughs> well, I definitely appreciate being up late over in Australia. Uh, how's your renown going? Uh, not as good as, say, like uh, Dub Dub Goose or El Jefe Esteban. 
Mm-hmm. It's I've been trying to play CFEs, but every time I try to go onto the Requiem Alliance server, shameless plug in here for them. Uh, I've been I've been like you know there's like at least twenty to thirty people trying to get into the servers and. It's just ridiculous. So my renown is not as high as uh, any any of you guys, but it's a comfortable uh, 34, 35 last I checked. Okay, so, that's still pretty pretty average. I mean, that's not bad. I mean, I like to take I like to take my time and you know enjoy the season and what else to come out and the whole thing. So yeah, uh, I you know while you while you guys are like uh, blitz blitzing it, I'm just taking my sweet time like you know slow and steady wins the race as the whole uh old children's story goes yeah um i'm just i'm I'm kind of in the same boat with you i i feel like i've just kind of been taking it casually is there anything different from uh this season from last season that you've done as far as like uh playing through your renowned levels um i swear the you know getting renowned is a bit faster Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I was like the last two times I played on the Requiem Alliance server, I uh, I I blitzed my renown from like level one to level twenty for, to level twenty twenty five first first time around, and when I came back came back the next time to- next time I was like I blitzed ten levels, and so yeah, I noticed that they made the getting the levels a lot more quicker, which. Yeah, it's nice. Okay. And TN Professor, welcome. How are you doing? Doing fine. Doing fine. Glad to be here. Glad to hear it. How how are you progressing through the season compared to last season? (laughs) Uh, You know, honestly, it's somewhere in the 80s. I have no clue. Um, I have really not opened it. Um, Just kind of just let it happen. And uh, I, I know I'm probably a couple levels behind Hefe, even though he says he didn't play a lot. He's got one more play session, I think, than I do, and that was enough to to bump him a couple levels up. Um, and Hefe, come on, be honest. We we play a lot. So we we, 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 we do. We do. Whenever they, they release a thing on Twitter this week about how many hours, I did the math, and I, I, I questioned my life choices um, <laughs> a, a little bit. It's the only game we play. That's it. That's, that's all we got time for. So, um, unlike some others who split their time against other games, um, we we believe in one true game. It is Sea of Thieves. <laughs> so, how are you liking this season compared to uh, last? Um, you know, when I kind of just kind of let let go and stop checking in on it, and um, just kind of let it roll in. I'm enjoying it. I, I tell you what really kind of perked my interest was the rare podcast where they talked about season three and four, really kicking it up another notch as far mm-hmm. as rewards being more unique than just kind of you know cycling through the the recycle bin. And so yeah. I, I was like, okay, I can do that. I, you know, I can get behind that. Um, as I said before, we're doing it anyway. So. Um, we're just going to enjoy it. I, I did, I was on the Twitters and noticed that after season one was done, there were, there were a handful of people, there always are, that, that were complaining they didn't have time to get things done. 
and and in my mind this was well within reach of a casual gamer you know if we can get through it in a, in a week then somebody that has multiple weeks should be able to get through without any issue unless they're just not playing the game except for they they fired it up they tried it once or twice and then maybe they'll come back to it again yeah i think the uh i think the struggle there depends upon not so much if if they're playing the game they could very well be playing the game but as you guys can testify you sink a lot of ships and uh tend to take a lot of loot and that that takes away from someone else's renown so it's i don't know maybe maybe parlay with some people and help some of the uh help some of the the casuals get their uh get their treasure in get some uh some loot in what do i do and play alliance servers yep always that's always a possibility for them as well too if that's where they're able to to get the value out of their game uh big bad pat you are in the last in the queue you've been waiting patiently you've been hanging out how are you doing welcome to the podcast i'm doing very well awesome i would love to know how your renowned uh travels are going so far uh they finished uh, nice. I think Saturday, but I, I I turned off all the notifications from last season, mm-hmm. and hadn't bothered turning them on, and so I wasn't going out. A bit like Professor said, I wasn't going out to do any of them because I did them most of them last. Interested in doing, I played again. Um, yeah. So I was quite surprised how quickly I did get to one hundred. Again, going back to the point uh, you just made about obviously play styles, I sail with a crew, so there are a minimum of three, if not four, of us sailing. Um, occasionally, we'll have two boats on a server, um, so we, our renown will always go up quicker than somebody who is just solo slooping or duo sleeping. So whilst yes, I've done it in I mean, nine days, so fifty hours. That's with three other people playing with me um, and so I can understand that there are people out there that do struggle to get 100 um, because that's 50 hours alright yes it's over 12 weeks whatever um, but if you've only got one or two play sessions a week um, and you're on your own it can be a little bit harder uh, to get up through the 100 yeah yeah, I, I've been playing with a couple crews and then some solo play personally. Uh, I've been spending a, a fair amount of time kind of working through just casual stuff. I really haven't been focusing too much on any of the trials. Uh, personally, I'm at 37 right now. Um, and I really, I would say that compared to like when I'm when I'm just playing Sea of Thieves, uh, I have not gotten to spend as much time on the seas as I've wanted to. Uh, a lot of the times it's maybe an hour, uh, hour or two each night, uh, if that. And and I really have missed out on some of the uh, larger vo- voyages that I generally go on on the weekends. Um, just been super busy. I think last weekend I recorded three podcasts and a special thing. So I, I didn't even get to sail last weekend Uh compared to when I usually get on with you guys and we all have a, a big kind of voyage and spend, you know, five, six hours playing straight. So I'm hoping that that'll, that'll change in the future, but 
to be perfectly honest, uh, I'm, I'm kind of looking at what's going on right now with the current event and the Reapers versus the world event seems like it's it's kind of worth holding out for. Uh, seems like it's maybe worth waiting for this event because uh, right now we've got the Gold Hoarder Emissary challenges going. Um, and I think I've got a couple of those already knocked out compared to um, what I imagined I would have been able to. So I'm curious uh, to, to kind of hear some thoughts with the current event uh, right now. Gold Hoarder is the, the focus uh, that started up. What was it last last uh, Thursday, I believe? And that um, was the 22nd, which I think was Thursday. And that's going till June 22nd. So uh, the next one won't open up until May. But as far as flying the emissary, reaching grade five, uh, getting the, the nautical miles under there, completing uh, the, the turn-ins for the gold hoarders and, and activating two skeleton forts, uh, has anyone had that already completed? Has anyone finished that up? Or uh, are you guys still working on that? Or ha have you just been solely working on Reaper's Bones? I don't think I have the Skull Forts, but the Gold Hoarder stuff was pretty straightforward. Yeah. I think I maybe one one fort, one out of two forts. I think you have to do two. I think maybe I've done one. Yeah, that's kind of where I'm sitting at as well, too. I'm not even totally sure where we are at. Um, the last no, couple I nights... I don't know. Yeah, we Jorbit came out of retirement for uh, so so the last couple of nights we've we've been just basically reacquainting him with the very much changed world since he was on the seas last. So we've uh, I, I I honestly don't even know. I didn't even look at him. Tennessee, do you have any idea? I don't. Uh, to be honest, we've been distracted by the Fort of Fortune popping and uh, taking part in the server wars as every boat on the server circles the boat yeah yeah there's definitely been a lot so that's a that's a really good point i think we could probably jump off into i have only gotten to do half of a fort of fortune i have not gotten to actually finish one up uh, i'm kind of bummed about it but the one time that it actually popped up when it was convenient enough that i could actually go do it uh no one was on so i had to open up my ship to and I told the story to Big Bad Pat. I actually had to open up my ship to an open crew and like deal with with uh, an open crew person while trying to fend off a brig. And after we got through a couple of the skeleton lords, it was just kind of like, all right, I'm I'm I just got to dip. I'm not going to get to see this thing and the amount of time that I have left. So I'm hoping at some point I'll actually get a chance to go fight one of the uh, Fort of Fortunes and have some good ship battles. Um, has have, have you guys had a good chance to check out the loot in there? Like what do, what do we uh, what are we yeah, anticipating? We... <laughs> <laughs> you want to tell them what happened the other night, Prof, with the Go rowboat ahead. And the... <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> so uh, we ended up with, I think, was it two brigs? We had two brigs the other night, Friday night, I think it was. Mm -hmm. And we were just, just general uh, Sea of thieving, you know, doing whatever, and Fort of Fortune comes up, so naturally we go over that. We head over that direction, and I believe it was uh, Jorvik, Hefe, and Prof on one. And it was me, Calico, 
and I'm embarrassed because I can't remember who our third person was. I think it was Gringar. I believe yes, it was. Uh, no, uh, yeah, I think so. I'm just gonna go with that because I honestly can't remember. I'd have to go back and look. Um. So and, and what what ended up happening was we were working the ship that I was on. We were working the fort, and the other guys basically just ran interference. Uh, anybody that tried to come up on us, they would go fight them. Got into it with a pretty sweaty brig. We ended up going to help them. Um, galleon shows up. We sink, lose everything that we had, which was a couple hours worth of stuff. But we sank. The galleon sank. Brig sank. I don't remember if you guys ever. I don't think you all ever sank, did you? You guys stayed up the whole time. We did. But uh, it ended up the fort got completed, and it was three brigs. A sloop was in the mix somewhere, and that galleon, we just sailed around fighting for hours. And the it all ended up with the loot being on a rowboat somewhere, and basically everyone chasing a rowboat until we found it. Calico said he thinks he sees it. Turns out it was a tree over by Reaper. I see the rowboat. Prof goes and kills the guy on the rowboat. Prof commandeers said rowboat, and he got away with it. Nice. That's awesome. <laughs> Let's see. Hefe, help me out. It, it's the treasure in the Fort of Fortune is an Athena chest, several Athena crates, Athena chalices, and um, is it an Athena mega a... keg? Yeah, I was going to say. Two, two, two of the Athena mega kegs. There's a handful of the chalices, a handful of, I call them the eggs, the purple things. Oh, um, uh, yeah. A handful of the crates. Uh, there's. Uh, a handful of skulls, villainous skulls, and then there's just a smattering of bone dust, stronghold chest, captain's chest, um, maybe a couple merchant crates things. So it's it's a lot. I mean, if you can get in there and <clears throat> obviously the, to maximize your goal there, you want to be a reaper five when you turn all that in. Um, but I think that it's ballpark couple hundred thousand if you're at level five when you turn it all in is that 200 250 i think yeah yeah especially with all the villainous skulls that the all the extra captains drop and if you do all the digs and you get good rng on those digs and get you know ashen winds or chest of rage whatnot it's 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 way up there so that was something that i was oh go ahead professor time it can be a major time investment i think we spent five hours on one fort and on the turnaround, with nobody around on an empty server, you know, 30 minutes. So it can yeah. really be feast or famine. Yeah, because it almost seems like there's no happy medium with it either. I think I've done four, maybe five. And it's either an all-out brawl or you're virtually uncontested. And it's, it's, it's odd that there's really no happy medium. I mean, there's been a couple of times where we'll get to it. And we'll start it, we'll finish it, we'll get the loot. But while we're doing it, you know, a couple of ships will come by and we greet them appropriately. But it, there, there's no in-between. It's either an all-out battle or easy. Yeah. Yeah, That's it's interesting, too, because I was with uh, Caleb the other night and uh, he was getting close to 100 and I was just going around sailing. He already had a crew, so he was going about kind of doing his thing and they finished up a Fort of Fortune and uh, um, Bolty was streaming it in the voice channel in the Discord server. So I was kind of had them on one screen and I was just kind of sailing around looking for Duke uh, in the other to go go talk to him. And 
after he got done with uh, Bolty and their crew, um, he was like three levels from 100. So I was like, yeah, I'll stay up and, you know, we'll, we'll grind some stuff out and, and help you get that levels. And um, we finished up a half of a Flameheart fleet. And it seemed like it was kind of half done. And then we went and did a regular fort. And the regular fort was just completely uncontested. No other ships in the area. No one bothered anyone or did anything. Really, really strange. And then out of nowhere, uh, we finished that up and we're calling it a night. And we were at Ancient Spire after we turned everything in. And the weirdest thing happened. You guys know the big rock that's uh, on the opposite side of the tavern at Ancient Spire? You kind of hop up to it and kind of go up there get a good view skate or view of uh what, what's going on with the rest of the seas so i went over there and as i was kind of hopping up there just kind of casually you know bouncing around as i usually do when i'm bored just kind of chatting someone had left a level five gold hoarder emissary flag up there and it was really 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 weird but we ended up turning that in um, so you guys were talking about some of the, the fights that you had with, uh, the skull forts. That sounds very much like what we usually had back in the day when we were just doing regular skull forts, except those payouts were like, you know, 50 K compared to the 250 K. So I'm, I'm curious if you guys have a, a good story, professor, it sounds like you have a good story from one of those fights. Well, there's, there's a lot of story. Maybe we need to have a story hour. What I really wanted to say about the glorious fight was, again, going back and listening to Rare's podcast and hearing them talk about the intentional design they did um, to drive um, stories. And and one of the ways was um, to create tension. And they use the word create anxiety within the game is the player versus player interaction. These forts of fortune, if you really want to experience them as rare intended, it it you have to be on a live server um, because of that interaction. I did also find it interesting that they talked about, you know, the motivation of having this big event in the center meant that if you didn't want to do that, that it it gave you some time elsewhere on the same server to maybe go and do a regular fort or do another event while the rest of us keep circling around um, this one huge fort. And I, I just, I love the way Rare has thought things through. Um, I love the, the acknowledgement that they gave, um, that, that that interaction is part of what makes these stories, these times together so significant. And uh, thank you, Rare. For, for this event, it did, you're right, Logan, it did bring back memories of those force, first Ford events and, and, you know, the heart rate pounding. I have not rowed in a rowboat with that much um, heart pounding in a long time, and it was, it was great to, to finally be able to pull it off. You know, flip side of that, it stinks to lose the, the Ford. It just, you know, to do the work and be the, the first one there. And then have a ship roll up on you, um, and you lose it. It it ah, it hurts, but that's part of part of what makes it so valuable when you win. So, so I'm, I'm curious. Oh, sorry. What no, that's okay. I was just gonna just speak into that same thing. Like I can't remember. I'm not uber competitive, but I can get fired up from time to time. And I, you know, I I it it was one o'clock in the morning, and I'm on the edge of my chair 
I see the rowboat. I see the rowboat. You know, it's, it's, you don't mm-hmm. get that a lot, you know? Yeah. And, and I keep finding myself like, cause I just like to get on and sail my sloop around and just do whatever by myself. But, and then, Oh, Oh darn it. There's that horn. I guess I have to go over there now. You know, I, I can't help myself. It's, 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 it's exciting. Yeah. I think, uh, I think rare really did a justice to the community by adding a, a more important fort, uh, to, to fight over the forts really were kind of the, the perfect event when, when they made those, you know, the Kraken was a good way to kind of add an equalizer to the situation. And since then we have like the, uh, the, the, the Megs to kind of help with that as well too. And having these fort of fortunes, really to me shows that at the base level of the game when the game first came out uh that is when rare really knew what they had like they knew that forts were fun they knew that those were going to be highly contested and that was when the stories were going to come out now that we have all these tools it's a much different ball game to to really jump into these and i love that there's a warning klaxon that goes across the entire server when one of those babies starts up because it, it really is just like a, Hey, you need to pay attention to this. And I, I, I almost kind of wish that this was something that happened with other events as well, too. Like I would have loved to have had this for, uh, like the, the Ashen Lords, like an Ashen Lord would, would, uh, open up and you'd hear this big crackle of thunder and a lot of lightning and you know, the sky would turn red or something really amazing. Like there's so many ways that they could kind of alert players to certain things like this, but having it be rare, having it be once every three hours, having it uh, be a highly contested thing and giving players the opportunity to say like, Hey, people are going to be fighting over this. I'm going to start, I'm going to drop down an Athena uh, emissary. I'm going to go work on some Thieves Haven missions. I'm going to go work on an Athena voyage. If they're going to fight over, a fort of fortune for one measly chest. I'm going to go do my own thing and get my emissary level up. And then like, after I get that done, maybe I'll, I'll go see and like how, how they're doing. And if they're close, I'll have my Athena emissary up. I'll go see if I can snipe out the loot, grab the chest and get an easy turn in for it. Ahoy there, pirates. This is the ad for this episode, and I did want to let you know if you wanted to avoid these and just get a regular filler, you can head over to the Patreon. There's a special feed just for patrons that get the ad-free version. If you want to keep listening, though, I can't say I blame you because this week I want to let you know about Loot Crate and getting 15% off of most crates and crate subscriptions when you use the link and code ROBOTSRADIO in the show notes. Also, you can head over to audiobooks.com, get your first three audiobooks for free, and that can include any two vip books or use the affiliate link for green man gaming if you're a pc gamer you'd like to save money on games it's one of the benefit of being a pc gamer head over to green man gaming you can get codes for steam epic any of the different stores that they have deals going on they have deals going on all the time and if you plan on buying there please consider using our affiliate link all of that goes straight to me through the network thank you all so much for everything that you do to support this podcast it means the world to me and i continue to try and improve the quality and the content for you with that pirates let's get back to the show the um one question that i did want to ask you guys for for those of you that were fighting over the fort of fortune there has been 
always uh, the the comments about how buying resource crates was going to break the game and enable people to server hop, things like that. It wasn't going to be fair. People could just run over, grab crates, and instantly have a bunch of supplies. Have you, in the times that you've been contesting forts and uh, needed resources, considered going to buy resource crates from any of the outposts? I think overall, the way they've got it set up is really good. Um, you really, to my knowledge, and from what I've seen, you really can't cheat that system. I mean, it it, it locks you. Once you buy one, it locks you out for a while. Um, but it is, it is, it is nice that, like, I mean, I think at one point in that fight, I, we, I mean, we were there was multiple times where we were dangerously low in cannonballs, and my anxiety at that point was just absolutely through the roof. Um, and I think we did run, run by and grab a, a crate of 50, uh, cannonballs. And then I think at one point we, we peeled off and, um, took one of our storage crates and we went around, you know, and rinsed the, an outpost of some, uh, resources. We were um, shooting each other out of the cannons instead of cannonballs because we had none. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, <laughs> I, I, I get, I get heart palpitations thinking about it just right now. Um, but I think in general, yes, I love the idea of having the resources. And I think it's balanced in a way that you you really can't cheat that system. The people who are doing the whole server hopping thing, um, it's if, if you've, you've, you've bought one and you hop servers, you can't buy one again until that cooldown period has uh, has elapsed, regardless of what server you're on. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's definitely something that. It, and I'm glad that they worked it out the way they did. Uh, they, they, the, the cost feels acceptable for what you need it to be. And, and they've kind of set it up so that, uh, and, and bit pad, you could have jumped in if you wanted to, buddy. But yeah, he says, uh, uh, there's an, an hour and 12 minute time frame between when you can buy stuff. Is that right, pad? Yeah, it's, it's, um, it's three game days, which is one hour, 12 minutes. That's pretty good cooldown for for forcing people to not abuse a system like that. And it's one of those situations where I, I think because it's available to anyone, as long as you have the gold, then there's a, a good chance that you know anyone can take advantage of it. It's no different to me than if you stopped off at a shark at a, uh, a a pile of barrels of plenty or a shipwreck and just stocked up. Um, being able to buy a supply crate at the beginning is expensive, but it really does kind of, uh, really does kind of show like you can take advantage of it if you want to. And I don't know about you, but have you guys been finding a lot more storage crates on outposts when you, when you hop into a server? What I was, I was actually just going to say that we've actually found more storage crates, wood crates, cannibal crates out in the world, not just in, not just the docks, regular conditions. Them. that's we funny are finding more and more out in the world yeah yeah i really i really do uh i really do think that they really kind of nailed it with uh with this update so um let's kind of get into the situation uh pr professor actually i was wondering if you wanted to touch on that that comment that you made in chat where you said uh that when the fort of fort is uh is coming up that it feels like arena in in the real world um do you think that there's anything from Arena that could be brought over to adventure mode and kind of help solidify my desire to delete Arena? Fine. You can take it away. That means I will have commendations that no one will ever be able to get again. 
No, 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 no. That's not what I'm. That's not what I'm saying. I want all the commendations moved to adventure, and I just want the modes. So actually, you guys, you guys are. Let me ask you guys because you guys are are uh, fairly fairly good in arena. You've you've got you you worked hard to get those wins. If they moved the essence of what you do in arena to adventure, and it was a warning klaxon similar to the Fort of Fortune, but something different. If you went and added something like that to adventure, but instead of having, you know, one ship type, all galleons or all sloops, but it was just a mix of whoever's there and some people could participate or some people couldn't. To me, that sounds like arena already, aside from the different ship types. And if they spawned the arena chests out in the world and the turn in point was the spire, much like arena there's the one turning point i've i've learned has been revised i i <laughs> haven't played in a while um do you think that that's a, a good enough way to i mean it's kind of like what reapers is but most people don't care about those chests but if you could earn silver for playing in in that that ev- that world event of arena do you think that that would justify my desire to delete arena and just bring it over to adventure I'm not going to push my soundboard button about salty, but I'm going to be salty about this. Okay. <laughs> um, Arena was a beautiful idea that I wish they, they had continued to pursue. And I, I if they're going to do something Arena-like in the live world, like the Fort of Fortune has become, then I would like it to be its own thing. Mm. Uh, you, you know, again, going back to my original argument that the commendations, the the clothing and, and and everything, are the mechanism for your pirate to tell his his or her story through mm-hmm. what they wear and what they they have on, and so let those of us that have done arena and grinded that out have that story, make new ones for for you know this this new event that you've created, Logan. Um, well, I I don't want to I don't want to say that uh, that that couldn't be the case. I, I'm what I'm trying to do is I'm I'm trying to trying to capture what's fun in arena and put that in a mode that is more supported and runs better where you're not having to wait for lobbies to fill mm-hmm. up. You're not having to wait for, uh, you know, crews to drop in and drop out. You're not finding, you know, random ships spinning in a circle because they just <laughs> need to, to get get the credit or something, you know, team deathmatch, team deathmatch, team death. Yeah. Match. <laughs> like, and, and you could totally have that. You could have that on the spire if you really, really wanted to. But I'm, I'm trying to grab what's what's fun about arena and bring that over to adventure, because I think that with arena losing its support, the people that do enjoy that gameplay style um, are are kind of relegated to sitting in empty lobbies for a long time <laughs> or having to wait for it, it or going to play an adventure. And I, I, I want them to feel like they're getting what they want out of it, which is why I'm, I'm wanting more of a, a, an arena style event in adventure. And if that's the case, then let people in adventure, you know, earn the credit that they want out of ad- arena modes and commendations and get whatever they want from that. Yeah. Um, even if it's a, a slightly different cosmetic, I would be curious to see what they could come up with, but I'll be honest with you. One of the things that I enjoyed about arena was I could cram my lunchtime sandwich down my face and jump on for a 30 minute round and, and know that it was going to be that long and then, True. you know, get back, back to work. There isn't a way to do that 
in in the main game world. I like this. Go ahead, finish. I'm sorry. I was just going to say, if, if you're going to do that in the in the game world, you're going to get sea of thieved, and you're going to find yourself three hours later, um, <laughs> and in trouble with your boss. Um, <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. That's really fair. There isn't a good way to have like a good consumable 20 minute experience in Sea of Thieves uh, outside of Arena, which is kind of a shame because there's times where I would love to just jump onto adventure, have a full on voyage and get it all completed and done with and know that, you know, there was back in the day when they were first testing this game, all the voyages had perceived outcomes in times to completion. And it was it was clear why they couldn't put times to complete on the voyage because people would look at this and be like, oh, this is a 30 minute voyage. Oh, I got crackened, megged and uh, attacked by another player and it took two hours. That voyage was not 30 minutes. So I can definitely I can definitely see that that aspect of it. Um, I could buy a supply crate and play Sea of Sort for 20 minutes. That is an option. Yeah, that's a good mini game play around with the barrels and just see like, okay, what's good. And then hand it off to uh, someone else. Um, I want to say something about arena if, before we move on, if that's okay. Yeah. What do you got? I, I agree with prof in the sense that I, I think arena should stay separate simply because the main reason for me personally is I never played arena until fairly recently uh within probably the last six months or something like that and i've been playing on this game on and off since the beginning my ability in adventure to pvp has increased exponentially since i started grinding arena combinations it is a place where you can go and you can learn how to especially if you're a solo slooper something like that you can go into arena in a essentially consequence free environment because all you lose is time yeah and learn how to fight my cannon aim has gotten a million times better my ability to just hand to hand you know use my eye of reach fight with a sword how to into board shoot out to board a boat everything i mean if 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 you're serious about it and you want to learn how to not even necessarily be aggressive but just learn how to defend yourself that's mm-hmm. where you go to do it. It's 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 the training ground, and I think, me personally, that's a huge value. Yeah, yeah, it it does kind of offer that that opportunity. It's outside of it being a a good consequence free place to learn. Uh, time really is the consideration there, and I think that that is where I I see the struggle with folks that want to play arena but can't suffer the lobbies because the, the mode is just uh, the mode that it is in its, in this point. So while it is easy enough to, to jump into an arena and feel like you don't have to lose anything. Um, it's weird to think like I could probably get some amount of gold in adventure and take on a couple skeleton ships or take on another player player uh, ship and, resolve to just not get loot during that session in that session is purely purely just to uh try and get better with with pvp and run into a situation where people are going to either run from you and how to deal with that whereas yeah i can see as as arena being a good training mode um i don't know if you wanted to 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 add anything to to my comments but 
it's it's definitely it's definitely harder for me to to argue that point than if it was just like oh let's move everything to adventure no i mean i don't necessarily have anything to to add per se but you know Mm -hmm. if you play sloop arena the lobbies aren't bad the 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 queue times are not that bad um i've played i'll I'll be perfectly honest i played galleon arena maybe three times it just does it just seems i i I just don't like galleons i mean i like being on a ship with four people uh Mm -hmm. because it's just more it's more social i guess but and it's the big daddy boat but um slooperine is where it's at i mean slooperine queues go pretty quick um everybody else is muted to you now so people can't smack talk you um yeah which is kind of you don't have to just listen to uh individuals go tdm 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 over and over and over again but uh mm-hmm. I, I you know i think i think you get more you'll get more of a skill increase, I guess is the best way that I can put it fighting against other players versus fighting against AI from the training, from the training standpoint of it. Yeah. Skelly sloops do what Skelly sloops do. You never know what a player is going to do. Yeah. Yeah. And yes, Brig Arena would be awesome. Yeah. They really needed a, the mixed lobbies and the Briggs really should have been something that they brought into the game a lot quicker before they changed up the modes. Um, the one time that they tested it, I think it honestly was really great. I don't know why, why they didn't feel like it was, uh, was worth keeping, but I, I, you know, the devs know better than I do why they would do that. Um, there were a couple topics that I wanted to dive into. I'll, I'll kind of leave it up to whoever wants to jump in and uh, touch on those before we kind of open up the floor. But uh, I did want to get everyone's kind of thoughts on uh, Duke, if you've been checking out Duke and any of the lore that's been going on with that. Um, the season, the Plunder Pass rewards uh, is something that I wanted to, to kind of find out, like if you guys have been uh, checking those out, what do you think of them? Uh, especially the Emporium content, is it stuff that you already have or is it stuff that, um, that you were looking forward to? If anyone wants to to kind of jump in and uh, touch on any of those, um, yeah, the Dark Phoenix stuff out of the Plunder Pass, awesome set. Love the glowy Phoenix on the front. Give us more glowy stuff. I know Kamek. <laughs> a few of the people want more glowy stuff. Shadow included. Oh, nice. Um, so yeah, glowy, 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 glowy. Yeah, the, the Phoenix set's really amazing looking. I, I'm looking forward to hitting 100 so I can get that uh, glowy um, Athena ship, ghost ship cosmetic. I definitely think that if you like the, the concept of that uh, Dark Phoenix set, it's it's the Plunder Pass is worth it because um, you get a couple of those pieces of that. Um, in regards to the recycled stuff, Either stuff I already had or stuff that I had zero intention to ever buy. Um, so in that regard, it's, you know, it is what it is. But for me, for the amount of extra, because they've added in <clears throat> additional ancient coins into the plunder pass that you get back. So if if I did the math right, um, you, between the regular season progression plus the plunder pass progression with the ancient coins you get in both, you get somewhere between 50 and 75% of the cost of the plunder pass back in the course of the season. If they're awarding 
the same rate at which they were awarding in season one. Um, I don't know that for sure. So in that regard, I think it's totally worth it because you know if if you want even just one of those items that would that either are currently in the emporium or will be in the emporium future, it one hundred percent is worth it because um, you end up saving tons of you know a good amount of money because of the amount of ancient coins you earn progressing through. Anyone have any any discussion that they want to bring up as far as Duke, or did you guys want to bring into uh, topics that you guys had? Um, well, Duke has a as was as is becoming tradition, I guess, is appeared on another island, and this time it's and this time it's Wanda's workshop, or more precisely the Flame Art Shrine that she's in. And when you talk to him, you get the kind of feeling that he's going that he's a uh, to put it simply, losing his marbles and, uh, you know, jumping at shadows, being like, you know, terrified and just always this, like, I don't want to use the term, but conspiracy theorist kind of thing. So, yeah, it's just kind of weird of, like, Duke just going on this grand adventure, even though we don't even know where he is half when the update comes out, unless your insider had this kind of like, you know, extra knowledge, which I'm sure all of us here in the gold holders are. So, uh, and again, he's not, again, he's jumping at shadows and honestly not making any sense to be honest. Yeah. What, what he's doing has, has yet to be revealed. Uh, he's clearly hunting for something and is finding ties to, or someone yeah something someone could be hard to hard to tell what he's going for but it's clear that it's uh it's tied to something important for the lore of the game and i have a feeling that we'll probably eventually get to a point where we'll understand what's going on and those of us that are free i mean four or five or you know just don't mind at some point yeah at some point there uh, so yeah, it's, it's been nice to kind of follow along and see the, the teases that have been coming through social media from rare, as well as the stuff that's been laid out in game. Um, I did talk to him a little bit. Yeah. Uh, so there's a really good, actually, uh, there's a really good write up uh, for those of you who aren't sure what we're talking about. If you head over to uh, golden sands blog post, uh, Dre actually put up a really nice kind of, uh, season one wrap up of all of the lore that went on during season one, both in in game as well as out of game, and uh, kind of broke it all down based on when we received it. So, uh, really good write up there. I'll, I'll grab a link to that for the show notes if you guys want to read through that, and uh, we'll see how things are going with uh, season two. Was there any other uh, topics that you guys wanted to to jump into um, before grievances are are had? Just thinking about some of the things that season two has given us. Mm-hmm. One, FA finally has some crab set stuff from season one and two, which you know he would never would have bought on his own. So it added to his closet. It's good. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the barrel hide emote has been a lot of fun. Mm, yeah. Um, not not so useful on a ship because it tends to uh teeter. But uh on forts and in other areas it's 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 led to some mischief and, and some fun. Um 
it was a little frustrating. Hefe and I um, got into a Fort of Fortune fight, and the glitch was still on where you would be mm-hmm. invisible for a time. So we fought an entire brig crew that was invisible on our boat. That that was <sighs> that was difficult. <laughs> that was so much fun. Let me tell you, <laughs> that was the best fun I've ever had in my life fighting invisible people. <laughs> That's there's some sarcasm in there if you're not familiar with the uh, FA. <laughs> it's gotta be fun fighting ghosts. Let's see. So Pad looks like you've got some grievances to bear. What are what are you thinking? They're not so much grievances, um, but they just tie in with obviously with some of the stuff that's come before in terms of the Fort of Fortune with all the Athena loot. Um, are we gonna get a revamp a revamp um for the uh, Athena mission? Because at this moment in time it can take you a couple of hours to just go and do an Athena mission and you get one chest out of it and possibly half a dozen. <laughs> you can spend that amount of time doing the Fort of Fortune and get, what, 15, 20 items, including mm-hmm. Athena chest. Um, so I just... I can't remember the last time I actually did an Athena voyage. And I'm not, all right, yes, I am. went along with... Cool. Um but there are still people that I sell with that aren't. And we'd rather go and do a Fort of Fortune or, mm, forbid, the Thieves' Haven run than go and do an Athena. Yeah, yeah, I think uh, I think we can all agree that the Thieves' Haven run is probably one of the more painful voyages to, to do just if you're trying to get Athena loot because of just how Thieves' Haven is laid out and how much of a pain that can be to try and dig up all the different digs based on the different levels and most of them ending up being uh, emeralds or uh, gems more than anything. So yeah, they, I, I'm with you. I think Athena missions need to represent the Athena uh, style more, especially now that we have different types of Athena treasure. Let's, uh, I wanted to kind of, let's see, Hefe, did you want to jump in with anything as far as the, uh, the Athena? I just think that, you know, it, as hard as you work to become a pirate legend, uh, and 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 how that should be a pretty big, you know, moment in your story. And once you become that, it should it, it's supposed to open you up to you know these additional things. And the the amount of rewards you get out of what Athena is today is just it. As other things have come into the world and have been you know brought about, there is just almost no reason to go do it because it's not worth it. I mean, the, the amount of time it takes to, to do any of those things versus what you get out of it, it's, it's, it's rough. I mean, if you do a regular Athena mission, you might maybe get to level three on an Emissary Flag by the end of your mission. Maybe. On uh, a Thieves' Haven run, you pretty well get to probably three and a half or so. You usually have to do about one and a half Athena... Uh, uh, these haven runs to get to level five to be able to you know pick up your emissary um you know reward mission uh but it's just not it's just not worth it and then i mean I, I just my blood boils anytime i go and do an athena mission and i, I dig up a chest and it's a castaway chest there's no no reason why someone who has put in that much time in a game and is, and is running a very high level mission should be getting the absolute lowest trash that the day one pirate was digging up I'm glad you said yeah. it because I was going to say it if you didn't. the 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 mission the the Athena voyages are just they're too long, 
and not rewarding enough. I mean, that's all. That's really all it boils down to. And yeah, you should be digging up castaway chests on an Athena mission. So I think that's a good a good discussion to be had because uh, the the two things that I've heard is is that they they're the hardest thing to do in the game based on you know how much time that you put into the game, um, and it's not worth doing them based on how long it takes. So I, I want to throw out some feedback and see how you would uh, react to it. If the time to do them was the same, but the payouts were better, uh, do you feel it would be balanced knowing that Athena's fortune is intended to be the hardest, most laborious uh, type of, of quest? The thing that, you know, is like... I guess a good thing for me is uh, when I do an Athena's voyage, you know that the skeletons are harder. Would it be more interesting if you got better payouts, say like if the skeletons that started to pop up were skeleton captains and they started dropping skulls along with uh, the bags of coins? Yes. Absolutely. Yeah, they, they, they don't have to pump up the, the value, the emissary value. If I knew that when I was done, I had significant gold, you know, to time spent. You know, the other thing I would say is the the Athena legend has has really just been kind of lumped in with all the other, you know, emissary factions. And and in my mind, when they first described what you would be as a legend, was more than that. It it should unlock legendary status missions for any of those factions because it it it's more than just a faction. It represents an individual who um, has invested time in in, in in being a pirate in general. Um, yeah. I see it more overarching than just another one of the factions. Yeah, I, I can definitely see a lot of the desire with how Pirate Legend ended up being was a lot of folks wanted to have more Pirate Legend content. And I think that one of the things that Rare has done uh, decently well on is offer additional rewards for things when pi- people were pirate legend. Um, but I, I do think I agree with you that when you become a legend, that reputation should open up other avenues to earn better loot. And I think that a lot of the uh, skeleton captain chests that you get from uh, skeleton fleets or forts, um, there should be those kind of hidden away uh, in riddles or X marks the spot voyages for um, missions like that. And I think I think that it would be nice to have, uh, you know, Ashen Lords or not Ashen Lords, um, sorry, Skeleton Lords as Order of Souls missions for a pirate legend who's working on their Athena rep or merchants, um, you know, merchants have to deliver cargo, uh, but they have to deliver cargo that is is harder to, to, to take around. Uh, you know, it, merchant is always tougher uh, to try and work out that, but you know, give them, give you a bunch of uh, Athena mega kegs that you have to transport somewhere and they're on a timer or something where it's like, you have to, you have to get there and it has to be within this time frame because they're very, very volatile or something like that. And add, add more depth to what the voyages for the different or trade companies are that helped get you to that pirate legend status. Do you remember early on in the game when you'd run across the legend? And, oh yeah, and 
you know, you you would you would ask, could you drop us a mission? It, you know, it could have been an Athena or it could have been a regular because you thought you might get more value out of it. Um, that was one of the things that drove me to want to be a legend is, man, that's really cool is, you know, you roll up and someone finds out there's a legend on your boat, you know? Yeah. I, yeah, I, I would it, like that again, that, that feeling. It would be nice to, to have that kind of status back in the game at some, in some fashion. Uh, you know, you don't, you don't really see anyone like going up to people or, or the, the feeling that you felt when you would hop onto a, another person's boat and they'd be fresh to the game and you'd be a legend. You'd be like, Oh, Hey, let me, let me grab you an Athena voyage. It'll give you a whole bunch of good stuff to work on with a good value. And you don't see that as much. Um, and I think a lot of that comes down to the design philosophy for the way the game has gone. Uh, the game is definitely, started to lean more towards that have player engagement with events uh, that progress through the seasons as opposed to the emphasis on status uh like what are your reputation levels like reputation doesn't really impact the way that it it used to uh because we have so many different uh carrots to chase nowadays <laughs> Um, I'm trying to think if there's anything else. Uh, let's see. Tall Tales. Pad, Regis, you guys were talking about wanting to have new Tall Tales or to finish off some of the storylines in chat. Did uh, did anyone want to elaborate on that? Um, yeah. I, I personally, I, I'd like the stories that go on with these, not, not, not just our own, but obviously um, but I would like a conclusion some of them before we start opening up more shorter because it, it it's being hinted at the regarding Sorry, I'm losing you a little bit there. Oh yeah, I'd I'd rather that they, they finished off the current open tall tales than start new ones. Would you want the new ones to be something that did kind of close that off or are, are you thinking like let's let's get the story regardless of how it gets into the game uh, i think yes i if if the new ones like, yes we'd have to have new tall tales to bring in to finish off the story but don't start a new storyline unless it is finishing off an old one don't just start a new one because that's what you've been working on try and finish off some of the stories that are already out there uh, before you bring in new ones. Gotcha. Regis, you had some thoughts about uh, wanting new tall tales. Did you have anything in mind or, or is your sentiment kind of along the same lines as uh, Pad? Kind of along the same lines as Pad. It's just, uh, you know, finishing off the Flame Art story. Um, you know, just any sense of lore because, you know, I'm always like looking for the in-universe lore reasons as to certain things, like you know, the Ford of Fortune, the uh, Duke's jumping at shadows kind of thing, random adventures. I'm always, I'm always like you know, admiring the lore of CFEs and uh, anything to, to like you know satiate that. Uh, I guess you could say desire to like you know learn about the lore, learn about the game, and both past, present, and potentially heads of the future, which Rare has clearly been doing for the last last uh, 
three years and a bit. So I'm a little star for lore, but you know, and yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I definitely uh I definitely agree with you guys on that point. It would be great to see some two tall tales come in that tie up some of the loose ends that we've been dealing with over the last three years, especially with uh things like the mermaid statues um that that we know about. There's not much that really explains what those are, but they've been in the game since the first year. In fact, within the first, I think six months of the game being released. Uh, I would love to understand more about what's going on with that. Um, Professor, you have some thoughts on the bobblehead finally coming down. Do you want to dive into what you mean by that? Please let us finish that storyline so he can go away. Even if even if it's just for a time, I get what you, what you were trying to say last time, Logan, that mm-hmm. um, you know he can't go away forever because you know he's part of the the deep lore but at least let us drive him back to the pit where he came from for a time <laughs> so i have a question how how would you feel if flameheart was a an event that happened um say with the way that they're changing the event schedulers if they're able to get multiple events running at the same time how would you feel if there was a tall tale that uh, helped kind of shore up some of the issues with him breaching through the, the Sea of the Damned, and we relegated him just to the the Devil's Roar where his grave was. That might be a way to do it, kind of. <laughs> Can you imagine trying to do Flameheart and the Devil's Roar? <laughs> That's the point. That's the point. Let's bump up sound it is, I mean, it is his territory. <laughs> yeah, but I have to. I I'd be curious to see what the player engagement is with that world event now, because mm. I generally play with a lot of the same people, uh, and whenever we see his head in the sky, it's just. Ugh, I sure hope nobody goes anywhere near it because if anybody goes near it, drives by it, he talks to one other boat he's going to be there for the remainder of the time that we're on this server, no matter how long that lasts. Because, and the same, the, the Skelly fleet, you can go clear, do the Skelly fleet in 20 minutes, but him, it's like, because of the, the way that people just pass by and get into the, the zone or whatever to activate it, it, he just doesn't go away. It, ne- it, that event does not ever despawn. So you know, I'd be I... curious to see how, how much engagement there is with it. And, if it's really low, I don't think anybody will miss it. But I do like the idea of incorporating it into a tall tale so that, or something like that so that you could get it back. Mm. That's a good point. I, I think part of the reason that it's grown old is because the connection to the story of, of why he's in the air happened so many months ago. We've lost the the newness of that it, it's disconnected from that um so yeah have it be connected to maybe a tall tale and and then people would understand why he's floating up in the sky um and some of us who have already been through that storyline wouldn't wouldn't have to do that again again i i I have noticed a trend with our conversation and i i would uh hope that rare rare picks up on this as well as it seems like the problem with Flameheart is that there's not a good way for that event to reset. 
to allow it to uh, move on to a different event if no one's engaging with it after someone maybe tried it and, and failed. Because I know the time that I did it uh, last weekend with um, with Caleb, we were in a sloop. We did three waves, and it was the Flame Heart wave. And at that point, it was like, well, we really didn't have to invest a whole lot into this into this this event, and we're getting the full payout for it. So that's that's kind of awesome. But yeah, had had we had had to go through the entire event, it probably would have been kind of frustrating just how long that goes, uh, knowing that that you're just going to be there for a long time. Um, I think it's still a really fun event. It's still kind of touchy. Like it's still one of those things where there were a couple moments where it was like, okay, we're in a sloop and we're getting hammered and <laughs> I just want to get this treasure out of the water. So I've, I've definitely, I definitely still enjoy it. I think it's one of those things where I would like to see if there's a way that it can register the last player interaction with a ship and count down from that time to uh say like when the ship is actually going to despawn and then that way or when the, the event will actually despawn and then kick up another one or they figure out how to get multiple events running at the same time if they if they were able to do that if they were able to get multiple events running at the same time would you guys care if he was still in the sky probably not yeah probably not <sighs> probably not other than it it how does that contribute to the story? You know, if we've defeated him and driven him back to his pit um, as the story, then why would he keep popping up <laughs> randomly? I I asked the same question about the gold hoarder on Tribute Peak and the Shores of Gold. You know, why am I still going out for, for Renown to finish the first tall tale uh, when I've completed it multiple mm -hmm. times? Um, it's, I, I think part of it's just due to the nature of commendations and a live service game. Um, world of Warcraft has the same issue when you play through world of Warcraft, you, you go and you farm those bosses to get your loot. The loot tables are, are RNG based. So you always have to go back there and try and get the one thing that you have been hoping will drop, but lore sense, why does it make sense that you're going back to the same place and killing this boss that you've killed when narratively, uh, that person died the first time that you killed them. And that was the story. So it, part of me is things that it, you have to kind of look at it from an aspect of like a, a multiplayer game where you, you have the opportunity to complete the event. Cause that's just how the way that the, those systems work, they have to be available to people. But I, I do want a conclusion for, for, for Flameheart. And I do want to find out what happens when we get past yes. that conclusion and figure out like, okay, is the world going to be different for the people that have figured out like how to stop Flameheart? Like, is there ever going to be a point where he's not in the sky? And that's, that's what I'm hoping to find out hopefully in this year. I think yeah. it would be from the, sorry, prof. I didn't, I, we think we talked at the same time there, but I, I like what you said there about games. It is a video game and it's part of the game. You get stuff from it. It should still be there. The difference though, I think with you, you cited wow. Uh, I used to play a game called star Wars galaxies and MMO back in the day. And then even like with destiny, you know, yeah, you can still go back and do not anymore. Cause they took it out, but you know, you could still go back and run the Leviathan. You can get on D one and go do vault of glass again, if you want, but you're choosing to do it. You're yeah. clicking the node on the director to go do that activity with Flameheart. 
he's there and you can't get rid of him unless you go do it. I don't want to mm-hmm. do it, you know, and I think it's a great encounter. So I don't get me wrong on that. I've just done it so many times that I don't care to do it anymore. Kind of like vault the glass. So from what it sounds like is, is you would rather it be a tall tale event where you actively have to participate in the summoning of that tall tale to invoke him to come into this yeah, world or, or do something to, similar to the four of the dam. You, you have to go do something to get him to come out. I think that would be cool. That would be really cool. I, I even cool. don't, I would, don't, I could, I could get around that. Yeah. Don't make it as easy necessarily as you go by a voyage to get him to come out, but maybe you have to go light a beacon here, here and here, you know, I mean, borrow from the Fort of the damned you know go go do something here something here something here and then boom flame heart pops up over flintlock flintlock peak or flintlock uh, peninsula whatever it's called well i really like where you're going with that and i think that they could definitely use something like the ferryman's lantern uh to help kind of facilitate something like that um i i would say yeah i i i think uh we could we could definitely do that with Flameheart kind of break him off from the events scheduler and make him a, a relegated to a tall tale or something that would give players the the functionality that they need to be able to complete those commendations uh, post story point where they where we deal with him at, in whatever means that's going to be uh, and then that way it's still available for folks that need to go back and actually experience what it was like to go do that and I, I actually think that relegating it to flintlock would be a, a good way to help present it in a way that makes sense because of that's where you find his body that's where he appears and open up the world to having a different world event that isn't that that doesn't have Flameheart as one of the many in there maybe maybe just kind of shore up some of these world events so that it, you don't feel so deflated every time you know you're hoping that uh, a fleet pops up or an ashen lord pop pops up and all it is is a is a flame heart or a regular skull fort trying to think if there's anything else anything else that you guys wanted to jump into before we close things up um i just wanted to touch quickly on the hit ridge no i know obviously before mm-hmm. but it was something i was talking about the blue as if you turn the hit markers off on PvP, leave it for the PvE, turn it off for the PvP, because in the day of the pirate, muskets and pistols, their aim wasn't brilliant anyway. But why would I need to know if I've hit them via a green prompt? Surely them dying tell me that I've hit them. Yeah. I, people, I could definitely be behind People that. then wouldn't have so much of an argument about the hit reg not working. Ugh. I'll take the hit reg not working well and still having the hit marker to not having it at all. <laughs> it's it's a weird thing, right? Because we're talking, we're talking about a game that is trying to emulate the feel of something that actually happened in the world and, and try and understand, like, you know, it, it, it's... It's not accurate, but it's believable, I think is the saying that a lot of folks kind of remember Rare talking about with the pirate game. So I, I'm i with you in the sense that I'm okay if they turned it off because if I hit someone, I know I've hit them. Um, it's it's just hard when you, you want to trust the, you want to trust the system, 
and you want to trust that the system is is giving you the right information. If I shoot a cannonball onto a ship, but I see a hit marker, then I know that whoever I hit on there, there's going to be a, a certain amount of time where they may actually be uh, less at less than 100% health. And I might be able to get a blunder bomb on that ship on the next hit to knock them off so that if I were to get over there, I would have an easier chance of actually doing that. But you know, if you think about the the during the times, if this is intended to be a believable state of pirate, you know, fantasy, we would not know that information. There's no way to know, like if a cannon shot damaged anyone on a crew. So I see the the pluses and the minuses, or the pros and the cons to the situation. Um, I would I would love for this to be something that was tested in insiders to get more feedback. Yeah, it's it's just I don't TDM, um, but obviously those who do will feel the pain more than me. Um, uh, like I say, we were just discussing it over the weekend. It wasn't something that we actually got to the end of discussion. Um, it was just ideas that went around. But I, me personally, I wasn't thinking of cannons. I was thinking of the actual personal. So it would be the blunderbuss, but um, yeah, the eye of reach and the pistol that you know, I can shoot somebody from 200 meters away with it. Um, <laughs> it probably wouldn't have happened uh, back in the days. I'd be okay with losing the hit markers on the personal PV rather than the naval. Well, you, you're driving the boat, Pad. When you shoot me over to another boat, I I, I use it. I, it helps me. Um, I, yeah, I was just thinking the same thing. It's either you or Dub Dub. <laughs> <laughs> Um, if you want to go back to feeling like a you know real life pirate, then you can turn off your HUD completely and and not know if the banana helped you or not. Um, no, no, I need to know how much health I've got. It's bad enough with the Blooming <laughs> Island banners coming up. <laughs> okay, so as much as you like to know how much health you like, I like to at least have an idea of how much someone else doesn't have. Bad point. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, some good points for sure. Um, yeah, you could definitely go right, go with, uh, not having any HUD and just trusting on whether or not, you know, how much health you have based on, on what you've eaten and they wouldn't know how much health you had based on their hit marker. Uh, the only other real kind of pain point that, you know, if the dips were to listen and take any feedback about anything we say, uh, our maids are broken. And have been for a long time. And I know they, they went in there and they try to fix things. But I think whenever they, quote, fix things, they've made it worse. I mean, I, I, we find ourselves, we, we call it mermaid hell, more than we are close to where we need to be. Um, it's like they, they spawn when you don't want them to. And then when you need them, they're a thousand miles away. Or not there at all. And I don't know. I, I, would, almost, I would almost like for them to go back and just put it back the way it was at the beginning. And at least, at least there was more consistency with them then. Now it's just kind of like you, you don't really, you really, it's like playing Russian roulette. You, you don't know if you're going to get a mermaid or not when you need one. You know, and you, you might, it might be where you need it to be. It might be on the opposite side of an island. And I don't know. I just, I think it's an area that it needs some attention. Yeah, it's broke. And, and part of the thing they said that they fixed for us was that they wouldn't pop up next to an enemy ship. Well, they still do. Matter of fact, I've had one pop right at the ladder as I pop my head up. It's me and the mermaid standing there together um, with the mermaid, you know, waving at the enemy ship. He's here. He's here. 
I mean, that seems like a really, you know, a, a, who knows who paid off what mermaid first. <laughs> he's a warning bell. You know, he's sitting there telling, and he's like, hey, by the way, that thing that you paid me to do, I'm a little late, but he's right here. If I you guys would so know. love to shoot mermaids at that point. <laughs> uh, well, I did see that, Regis, um, you brought up the one thing that I completely forgot about, uh, and I'm, I'm curious to hear everyone's thoughts on this. Uh, we've had some building, we've had some some stray wood going on at the outposts. Uh, Regis, what do you think is the new building that Rare uh, may or may not have intentionally leaked? Anything at this point, I mean... Well, what, do you, uh, what do you want it to be? Well, um, my heart says, like, you know, a new shop or a new trade company or something. But judging by the colors and, well, from the, well, from the uh, like, the tarps and whatnot, and the design of the building itself being, like, made from ship parts, either Sea Dogs or Hunters Call, because those two need a serious update. I think they have gotten an update in, like, two years at this point. I would love, I would love to hear your guys' thoughts. If all of my whining about D Arena being deleted and moved to uh, Adventure is that these new buildings are actually the uh, the the commendations and uh, and uh, cosmetic equipment for Arena, did anyone have any wishes or dreams for for what this building is going to be or are you satisfied to just kind of sit back and wait for rare to reveal it on their own terms uh the ability to change your ship type in a session would be fan if if this was hunter's call or something like that and you know if you follow the the sort of okay now you can buy a supply crate now you can buy a cannonball crate well okay now the hunters are here they can give you a rowboat now and maybe for a fair price Merrick can do some kind of magic to change your sloop into a brig when your buddy gets on or you can downgrade your galley to a brig when somebody leaves i think that would be if it was up to me that's what it would be cuz yeah that's that would be fantastic i don't even know if it's possible i'm not a programmer so like i don't even know if that's a thing that they could do if it's even possible but maybe maybe even Maybe it could be something along, uh, along the lines of you. It, it it just almost like it starts a new session for you, I guess, but you don't lose anything. I think that would be cool. Starts a new session on the ship that you pick, and you can keep all your supplies. Yeah, yeah, I could definitely. That's something that I remember Shelley Preston saying on a stream that the tech is feasible. Uh, but they would just have to work out how to do that. And that was a very long time ago. So I'm, I'm all for having, giving us a way to, uh, in session, be able to change our ship type if, if we need to either move it up or move it down to a bigger ship or a smaller ship. Uh, anyone else have any thoughts on that before we head out? You know, I would even be willing if they've worked out the mechanism for it to have it some way within the story context to say, you know, there are too many boats, or or maybe it's uh, we're backlogged in building sloops, so you can't have a sloop right now. Um, to kind of take into account the the server um, player number, but if the player number on the on the server did allow you to either upsize or downsize, that that would be what it would do. 
So that's a, you know, that's a really interesting consideration. Right now we are operating on servers that deal with five ships based on them reducing from six to five to help with uh, hit registration, just the amount of activity that's going on in servers. Uh, if that persists feasibly, depending on the server, um, you should have the space available to be able to bump it up to a different ship type and have that that breadth. Um, Rare did tweet out that some servers might have six and some might have five, if I remember right. Yeah, so they're they're messing around with something. Seems like they're trying to optimize it for sure. Seems like they're trying to get it back to to what it used to be. Um, it's weird that they decided to put so much in the game that they actually had to reduce the number of ships to a server. Uh, but it is nice that they're they're getting closer to that. But if they did keep it around five, that would open up the opportunity to be able to dynamically change the ship type that you have without impacting the number of players on a server. So you couldn't overpopulate a server as well. Yeah, because and it's funny when when Prof said that. It was what I envisioned um, as he's talking about, you can only have this kind of ship. Just imagine if you didn't get to select your ship type when you load the game up, you just wake up at the outpost and you have to walk down to that building and he tells you what kind of ship you can have. Here's what's available. And on the flip side to that, you can go play for a little while, throw all of your stuff into a storage crate, hop off your boat, throw the storage crate down on the dock, go back in there and talk to him. Well, now a sloop's available boom this you know that's just that's where my brain went when 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 prof started talking about that so i'll stop now it'd be really interesting to see i would i would i think that would really hurt a lot of the folks that are like the the same reasons why people wanted to have closed crews when when the game first opened up uh, a lot of the folks would probably feel hindered by the restriction on what type of ship you got or not knowing what ship type you got plus you'd have to uh you'd really have to try and work out that front end on when you get into the game. Cause you, you pick arena or you pick a uh, adventure, but then you have to deal with like what ship type you want, open clue, uh, open crew, close crew and that aspect of it. I, I would love to actually have it. If you could actually start multiple ships, one person kind of spawn in uh, two two ship crews or, or three ship crews and be able to, have it so that you know if you if you have more than four people then you automatically open up another crew type and be able to spawn in a, uh, an additional ship you know that would be an awesome way to do it and when the way you you fix it from people not taking advantage of saying making you know an easier way to make them a server alliance is limit the number of people in an alliance to say three ships if there's a total of five or six on a server um, I love that idea. Okay, I mean, there's plenty of times where we sit around for 30, 45 minutes trying to get a couple of ships on the server. Um, and it's possible and we do it, you know, fairly often, but it's very rare that we ever have more than two or three together at one time. Um, but for those of us who, you know, there's more than four of us that want to play at the same time. Um, I'd love that. I would absolutely love that. I know that it would upset some people, and and so I I want to say first I would understand it, but I would I would love the idea that no matter how many ships you have on a server, that one of them is always a wild card. It, you know, so you can't just own an entire server, um, but you would have the option to get 
two or three boats to begin with. Um, but I know that that's, that's a whole other discussion. It's a fair compromise, though, in my opinion. I think the trouble is, is that our opinions are the ones that generally lean towards the where the the idea that we're okay with having the wild card ship. We would want to get the opinions of, of folks that don't want the wild card ship on to, to talk about why that would be a hindrance to them and their their play style, um, which is always available for for discussion. It's it's always just comes back to the idea that I always want people to be able to play that the, the way that they want to. And the way I want to play isn't always the way that everyone else is going to want to play. So as, as much as I want there to be that wild card on a server, I think having four servers um, or four, excuse me, sorry, I lost my train of thought there. Having five ships on a server with a possible sixth being able to spawn in to a ship server, uh, I think would be a great way to to really kind of offer an opportunity because you have no clue like what that what that sixth ship's intentions could be like. They could be a Reaper, they could be a Gold Hoarder, they could be an Athena, they could be a brand new crew and and you know spinning in circles in the middle of the ocean because they have no clue how to summon the Kraken. And having that as an availability, I think uh, I think would afford some some fun gameplay, but. Again, that comes back to that's that's how I would want the game to play. Um, so I, I would be curious to hear if Rare if Rare did something like that, if that would be an opportunity uh, for them to to kind of play around with the way that the the servers work and how many ships can spawn on them. All right, folks. Uh, unless there's anything else that you guys wanted to dis- to discuss, I think that's pretty good we're running at about an hour and a half i don't want to keep you all uh any more than than you already have spent time here i'm sure many of you are looking to get back on the seas and uh and get playing if you haven't already done your your hours worth of insiders while we've been chatting and uh just wanted to thank you guys again for for all jumping in dub dub goose is there any place that you wanted to send people if they wanted to talk with you uh outside of the discord I think I caught him off guard. No, I'm here. Sorry. Uh, no, not really. Um, just here. I mean, you know, I, I, I have my monitor discord. So like, I don't really have a lot of uh, social media stuff. I did make a Twitch stream and I was able to put a picture on it. So I was pretty proud about that, but I don't really do it very much. It's just nice. my name. If anybody wants to go watch it, if it's ever up. <laughs> awesome. Well, send me a link and, and I'll uh, put it in the show notes. And that way, if people want to come say okay. hi, they can come say hi. Cool. Hefe, how are you doing? Any place you want people to go check you out, or anything you want to send them to? Uh, no, I'm good. I'm I'm, I'm here. I uh, I'm monitoring the Discord pretty frequently, so what's simply just partially my job to help you do that. So <laughs> I, I'm around. If people need me, <laughs> I'm I, I tend to be pretty responsive. Definitely appreciate it too. Uh, Regis, anything going on you want to share with uh, folks? Uh, other than uh, completing another chapter of my fanfic, you can find me on uh, Twitter and, uh, of course, Discord. And, uh, yeah, I'll leave it at that. And Dory, okay. Dor- I'll send you the link to the, to the thing as well. Yeah, definitely. Uh, Professor, any place you want folks to go say hi to you at outside of the uh, the Discord server? You know, at this point, Discord server is fine. Um, I have uh, been playing around with Twitch stream, but... Uh... I get some more polish on it. 
be more like Chinzo. Uh, I'll keep that behind wraps. Alrighty. And then, of course, Big Bad Pad, who's sailing pretty much 24-7 at these these days. Is there anywhere that you that you want people to go to when you're not actually sailing? Um, uh, not really. Um, I, I, I'm, <laughs> I'm active uh, in the Discord. I do have a Twitch channel, but I don't stream that unless we're going out. You're cutting out there, buddy. All over the uh, no, basically, I I do t- I do have a Twitch channel, Twitter channel, Twitch channel even, I mean talk about, um, but it tends to be for when I'm drinking, other than that <laughs> sensible sailing. Sounds good, awesome. Well, um, as always, I appreciate you guys all for for coming by and spending some time with me. Um, I really love some of the ideas and some of the uh, feelings that you guys have about the the Athena as well as the the Fort of Fortune seasons and stuff. So thank you for coming by with those thoughts. I, I really appreciate it. It's nice to hear some of the same thoughts that I've had about things, but just to get a chance to actually spend some time with you and talk about them has, has felt really good. Definitely appreciate it. And once again, thank you everyone for listening in on this community episode. Again, if you're curious on how you can join in on the conversation, you can become one of the gold hoarders over at the Keelhauled Podcast on Patreon. Uh, just search for Keelhauled Podcast and you'll find the link uh, for the, the Patreon there. I'll put links in the show notes as always for everything that you listen to tonight and uh, or today, wherever you're listening, doesn't matter. Hey, you listen when you want to listen. I'm not going to be that person that tells you when you need to listen, but if you do listen and you want to share this podcast with someone that also helps or you can leave an itunes review or an apple podcast or whatever they want to call it but if you're listening on spotify hopefully you're not dealing with advertising because i know that's always a pain hopefully you got that spotify premium other than that pirates that's going to do it if you want to get a hold of me you can always do so on twitter at c-a-p-t underscore l-o-g-u-n you can always reach me by email at c-a-p-t l-o-g-u-n at gmail.com or just hit me up on xbox uh, my gamer tag is in the show notes or feel free to hit me up on uh, discord as well and if you're watching this on youtube feel free to like and subscribe uh, i've been trying to put up some actual video for the the uh the the actual podcast it's a lot of uh static video of me just like sitting around and see of thieves trying to give you guys a good view so i'm trying to get some footage for that worked up because i don't know what else i would put on there but Maybe you want to look at something different than a static image. I don't know. That's up to you. But otherwise, I I want to thank you guys for listening. And uh, I love you. And I look forward to sailing with you on the Sea of Thieves. state electronics and vacuum tubes are still meta. People never stop loving atomic-powered everything. A chosen 500 stepped inside a subterranean vault to be spared the nuclear horror of the inevitable Great War. 25 years later, 
They emerge after the fallout settles to retake Appalachia. Among them, two former rivals whose blood feud will tear West Virginia apart and their epic struggle for survival. Chad, a vault bro who has a strength of 15, an intelligence of two, and is a complete wasteland dickhead. Simon, a complicated anti-hero who chooses light and hope, but accidentally becomes a cannibal and wakes up naked and afraid with a Scorch Beast Queen after a date goes terribly wrong. What? I mean, it's a wild wasteland, right? This dark humor radio drama will have you driving off the road and crawling out from under the fallout. Two men. One wasteland. And so many nukes. Chad, a Fallout 76 podcast, rated R. Now streaming on your holotape player podcasting thing. Do you like adventure? Yeah. Do you like laughing? Uh, yeah. Would you like to listen to a group of people you don't know play D&D and reference retro pop culture you vaguely remember? Um... Excellent. You're going to love Committee Quest. We play D&D in the world of Amarin. We use adventure modules and supplements made by people in the community. We also have a sweet synthwave backing track. Come and join us on our adventure. Volume 1 has been completed. Volume 2 coming the end of January. You can find us on iTunes, Podbean, or wherever you get your podcasts from.